Hey everyone, it's PF. We have kind of a uh, bittersweet episode this week, uh, a little more bitter than sweet, I would say, and uh, hopefully folks downloaded and are streaming this, even if you didn't recognize the name in the snippet uh, where the guest name usually is or the subject of the episode in some cases. Uh, so here's what's going on. Uh, last week after I finished mixing down uh, episode 247 with Paul Mercurio, uh, I went out shopping with uh, you know fangirl and producer Lizzie and my wife, and uh, I got a Facebook message from my friend Troy Hitch. You may have heard me uh, mention Troy before. He uh, hosts the Star Nerds podcast with a buddy of his. Uh, they describe it as uh, two guys who love Star Wars so much they want to marry it. Uh, highly recommended, I would say. Uh, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, it's it's pretty funny. Anyway, uh, I get a message on Facebook from Troy, and I thought he was answering a question I had about uh, fangirls going to his alma mater, Northern Kentucky University. I thought, oh, he's answering my question about that. No, but the message is, if you heard the news about our friend uh, Big Jim Lugers, and uh, Jim was diagnosed with cancer back in January, so I immediately feared the worst. And while I was waiting, I was thinking, well, maybe Jim's going to be on TV or something. His stand-up career has been going really well lately. But I thought, that's unlikely, and yeah, indeed it was. My worst fears were realized. A few minutes later, Troy confirmed that in the early morning hours of April 9th, uh, Jim had passed away from complications related to his cancer. And so uh, I've known Jim for 22 years, and uh, I met him when I was working at Sam Goody, the old uh, record store in what what used to be called the Forest Fair Mall in Cincinnati. Uh, our boss used to call it uh, the Forest Fail Mall because the mall was only, at best, ever half full uh, with stores. Anyway, and I met Jim at a time in my life, and Troy, we were all friends together. I started working at Sam Goody, and I'd worked with Troy previously. I'd known him about a year longer. We worked together at Blockbuster Video. And uh, I pulled him into Sam Goody. He was finishing up his degree at Northern Kentucky University, and he needed a job. I said, come work here. It'll be great. And he and Jim hit it off, and the three of us, you know, uh, became uh, really good friends together, you know, funny guys with, you know, similar interest and things like that. But the thing with it about Jim was that, um, and Troy to a large extent, too, uh, this is happening at a time in, and I don't want to make this about me, but this is important so you understand, you know, my relationship with, with Jim and, and what an incredible human being he was is that, you know, this is a time when it's not the best time in the world to be PF. In fact, it's the very worst time to be PF. It, with undoubtedly, it's in the midst of the worst 14 months of my life, without question. And that being said, uh, uh, no one died. Uh, it wasn't, and people go through worse things. Case in point, my friend Big Jim, who leaves this earth at the age of 47 years old, uh, and leaves a grieving family and, and all his friends behind, um, but if you go into the list of things that are the most stressful things to go through in life, it was still in the top five. So it was still pretty horrific. Uh, but, you know, the the friendship of all those people at Sam Goody, and particularly Jim, uh, was really very helpful. And I remember one uh, case where Troy had gotten transferred to another store closer to his house, and uh, Jim was very upset by that, and he was bummed out. Well, about three weeks later, I was transferred to another store, and I remember... Uh, uh, walking back to the back room. Jim was the artist for the store. Uh, Troy and I were managers, and we had worked out on the floor and helped people find records and, and whatnot. Uh, Jim did all the artwork for the store, and he was a, just a brilliant visual artist in addition to being you know, a brilliant comedian, which you're going to hear soon. And I went back, and I guess he'd gotten word. I hadn't told anybody, but the scuttlebutt had gotten around, and he looks at me and he goes, you can't leave. And I was was really taken aback because I was thinking, like, and again, this is a time when I wasn't really feeling particularly good about myself or necessarily... Uh, 
feel that I had a lot of friends in the world. Uh, but just hearing that was like, oh, wow. And the thing is, working with those two particularly, Troy and, and Jim, I always kind of felt like, because they're super, super funny and talented people. And if you listen to this show, you can probably discern that I'm not maybe quite at that level. Uh, but uh, I always felt kind of like the Bruno Kirby character in Good Morning Vietnam uh, when I was around those two. You know, I know it, I know in my heart I'm funny. And, you know, uh, you're. I guess that would make you an E.D. Gourmet. Maybe not that badly, but that's kind of just the way I felt. Um but I guess it kind of pushed me to, you know, take my game up a little bit as far as doing this kind of a thing. But uh, it, it just so the, the, the important thing to remember is, you know, there, look around. There are probably people in your life like this that you don't even realize are, are there. And even if you don't talk to them a lot, and, and people criticize Facebook and Twitter and all the social media because oh, it's driven us further apart. And really it hasn't. There's a lot of people on Facebook that I'm in contact with now from, you know, high school and college that I still like hearing from. And, you know, if it weren't for Facebook, it wouldn't be picking up the phone and talking to them. But it's nice to see what they're doing in their lives and what's going on. So I was able to keep up with Jim. I'm able to keep up with, you know, my friends from Pittsburgh, uh, you know, what they're doing. They've all moved on and have their lives going. And it's and so it, it, it's good from that standpoint. And just, just just appreciate those people in your life, I guess, is the thing I'm trying to say. Uh, another thing that I wanted to mention about Jim was that he was among the first people to take this podcast seriously. He had me on his podcast uh, the Big Pretty Podcast. Look it up on iTunes or wherever you get wherever you're getting this podcast. You can probably find the Big Pretty Podcast as well. And uh, I was um, we'll get to the other part in a minute. He, but he he took this show seriously enough that he had me on his show to advise him about podcasting, which I, I thought again was uh, it just seemed kind of weird to me that people would take it that seriously. And I I always meant to have Jim on. The idea was to have Jim on. Uh, for the first, when we, I don't know if you folks have been with the show long enough, they have a comedy festival here in Cincinnati every year in August. It's called the Bruhaha. We did a live episode two years ago. Uh, Alex Stone and Mark Shalifu were on that episode. Originally, Big Jim was supposed to be on, but he could not uh, get away from his day job to come down on a Thursday to uh, tape the episode. And last year, I couldn't do an episode at all there because I work in Dayton and I live in Cincinnati, so I could not have gotten to the riverfront in time to do that. And I thought, well, this year, I'll have Big Jim on. And, of course, that's not going to be possible now. So, anyway, one of the things I encouraged uh, Jim to do on his podcast was to do some uh, some comedy bits like I tried to do here because I thought he would be a lot better at it. And, of course, uh, he certainly was. Not only was Jim a, a gifted visual artist, he got into stand-up comedy. His career was going pretty well. He was starting to feature for uh, folks coming through Indianapolis and uh, kind of, I think, trying to get a little more regionally. He would come down to Cincinnati a lot. You're going to hear one of his sets from uh, the Funniest Person in Cincinnati contest in just a second here. Um he also helped me out with a bit on this podcast, uh, Flintstones. But I did a Fred Flintstone voice, which, and, and again, I'm as we all know, I'm rubbish at impressions, even though I'm a big sucker for them. And I always, I love Jim's impressions. My favorite, by the way, is his Harrison Ford impression. He used to do. I was uh, Sam Goody had a separate music room, uh, or a, a separate video room, uh, and I was kind of in charge of that. And uh, it was at that time, The Fugitive had just come out on. Uh, well, at this time, it would have been video cassette, and it might have been. DVDs were, I don't even know if DVDs were around then. Um, anyway, he, he he opens up the door to the video room from the back room, and he just repeats line for line the part of the movie where uh, Harrison Ford finally confronts the guy and says that they changed the, 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 the devil and McGregor give you a provocic. And it just, word for word, it just sounded just like Harrison Ford. It always, that always cracked me up. I, I was, and he did these great Star Trek impressions, and of course I'm a big Star Trek guy. And I think Jim was more Star Trek than Star Wars, so he loved both. Anyway, um... I encourage him to do skits on his show because I think he'd be brilliant at it, and he was, so you'll hear that. But I think we're going to start with uh, his stand-up set from last year's Funniest Person in Cincinnati contest. 
Uh, I did the funniest person in Cincinnati for the last time, like two years ago, because I finally just gave up. I just I, I rubbish at doing. St- I like getting up on stage and telling jokes. I'm not very good at it though. It's just more. It was more for me than for anybody else. But the great thing was is that last time I did it, I got to perform with Jim. Jim moved on to the uh, in the next round, and I did not. But uh, it was fun getting to share the stage with him. I, that was a. Um, I think I'm, I'm glad I really got to do. So anyway, this is his stand-up set from The Funniest Person in Cincinnati, and then I will uh, talk to you after. All right, we are going to keep this show going with your next contestant. Make a lot of noise for Jim Lugers! Hey, uh, give it up for everybody you saw or whatever. Uh, I think if you're waving your hands in the air... You care a little bit. (laughs) I think it's weird that Fox News never does any reporting on Fox News. What's the rabbit situation? What's the best chicken coop? What does the fox say? Don't know. Fox News won't tell us. Hey guys, last year I got divorced, uh, and here's what happened. I started dating. Some good, not some, some not so good. I started dating this girl that was a uh, porn star. Uh, star is a lot of word, actually. She was a porn participant. Uh, it was less like Bang Brothers and more like, you know, Steve's house or whatever. But she was like really out there sexually. She was like a little, little too into it, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, we all like bowling, but you ever meet somebody that owns their own shoes? And you're like, he's a little too into bowling. That's kind of how she was. And she was constantly, you know, bugging me, like, well, what do you like? What do you like? Uh, I don't, it's fine. I like whatever's happening. No, you got to tell me what I like, what you like, so that I know what to do for you. I'm like, I don't, I just like, like. That's like, that's like my go-to thing. And then she's like, well, do you want to put something in my butt? Do you want me to put something in your butt? Do you want to, you want to do cosplay, dress up in a costume? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've never been in the middle of vaginal sex and thought, you know what, make this, put this over the top. If I just had something up my butt. And I was dressed like Street Fighter 2. Yeah. And one day she says to me, hey, do you want to see my big bag of dicks? Now, now I do. And it was a little bit of a dangling modifier. It was like a, it was a regular size bag. But really big dicks. And she pulled one out and it was like, and this is no, no exaggeration, it was like the size of a Pepsi 2 liter. And I just looked at it and it took like one of those batteries like your grandpa's flashlight. You know, you can't even get it at a regular store. You got to go to like Quality Farm and Fleet or something for this battery. It was a giant, and I just looked at it in shock and looked at her and looked back and back, and she was like, well, you know, it's like a rubber band. And I'm like, what's like a rubber band? And she says, the vagina, it stretches. I'm like, rubber bands snap, you know? I want to go to work tomorrow with like a bandage on my eye. Like, what happened to you? Vagina snapped on me. (laughs) 
she uh, it was her birthday came around and she uh, decided to throw herself an orgy, and she said, uh, "Hey, you're invited to my orgy." I was like, "All right, I've never that's never happened to me, but okay, let's do that. Let's go to an orgy. Sure, why not?" And she's like, "Oh, good, because we need guys because so far we had like nine ladies, but only one other guy." And I'm like, "Well, that's that's a good number, you know." <laughs> But then I'm like, I kind of crashed this guy's party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and really, like, I can only do one, really, at, at most. At most. I mean, if I have ladies beyond one, they're just tech support for the first lady anyway. <laughs> but I was worried. I couldn't decide if I was going to go. You know what I mean? I was like, because it's a weird thing. Because, like, once you go to an orgy, you're an orgy guy. That's it. You're done. <laughs> From then on, it's like, hey, you remember my friend Jim? Oh, yeah. The, oh, you're the orgy guy. Right. That's your life. You got to move to a new town if you don't want to be orgy guy. So anyway, I was like, sure, I'll do the orgy. So uh, then she sends me the uh, Facebook invitation to the orgy. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. So I'm reading the description, and it says, uh, hey, there's a few prerequisites you need uh, before you come to the orgy. Um, you got to go get tested. Uh, make sure you're clean uh, of STDs and make sure you're good. And I'm like, let's... Yeah, I just came out of two marriages back-to-back. I've had sex with two women the past 18 years. Uh, Frankly, you're the grossest thing I've ever had sex with. (laughs) You're like sticking my penis in Craigslist. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not going to go down to Orgy Town and get that test, so I guess I'm out. And then she says, ah, you're fine. Like, that was a pretty easy rule to skirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it should be more difficult than, oh, I don't have my Kroger card. Ah, you're fine. We'll just scan the... Yeah, you're fine. And then I had the realization, I was like, holy shit, do I really want to go to the kind of orgy that I am invited to? <laughs> like, I just pictured this house full of people at a similar attraction level. It was not, it was not, it's not the Playboy Mansion. I'm not going to Playboy Mansion. So anyway, I decide, fine, I'll go to the orgy. That's what I'll do. But I tell her, because I want an out, because now I'm starting to get nervous, right? So I said, I'm going to tell you what, if I, ever, if I get nervous, if it's, if it's too much for me, I'm just going to get up and do the Irish goodbye. It has nothing to do with you. It's my hang-ups. Don't get worried. But if I get weirded out, I'm just going to get up and leave. So I figured I'll just hang in there till it gets weird, and I'll leave. But... Uh, so then the next day, the, the day of the orgy rolls around. I wake up. I have a text from her, and it says, orgy's canceled. I'm like, okay. Uh, why, is, why is the orgy canceled? And she said, court didn't go as well as I hoped. I'm going to be out of touch for 15 days. I don't know if you guys know a lot about days. But that's a sentence. We put that together already, right? That's, she's going to jail. So I was like, well, it's not canceled. You just had a change of venue, right? <laughs> I was like, and it sucks because you're like in a lady jail, so I can't, I can't come to that one. And then she said, uh, ah, you're fine. Just kidding. I'm Big Jim, everybody. Thank you. Jim Lugers, everybody! That's Jim's set from the Funniest Person in Cincinnati Contest 2015. Um, 
when I first started this show, I wanted to do, you know, skits and stuff like that. And you people hear me do them occasionally, and they're awful. But um, I had an idea for one, and I'm still pretty proud of this one, but I, I could not do a Flintstones voice. It, uh, word had gotten out, and I don't know whatever happened to this, but uh, Seth MacFarlane of, uh, I guess, Family Guy fame and American Dad fame, I think he produces that, was going to reboot the Flintstones. And uh, I kind of thought, well, I wonder what that's going to be like. And I had, I had kind of a a neat idea of what that would be like and uh, but I couldn't do Fred Flintstone so I called Jim to help me on that one he sent me a, an audio file he, he, he nailed it of course and uh, it's just a real short bit and here's that hey you Fred what are you up to hey Vaughn does play and fetch with Dino right Dino boy uh, actually Fred I thought I'd go inside and f*** Wilma Big Jim Luger's helping me out with uh, Seth MacFarlane's The Flintstones, and uh, and that doesn't really even give you the begin to uh, you know give you the an idea of it the level of talent we're talking about with, with Big Jim. These uh, next clips, Mike, these are all from his from the Big Pretty podcast. As I mentioned, I encouraged him when I was on his show to do skits and do those impressions because I'm a big sucker for impressions, and Jim was really good at them. And most people that try to do them are like me; they're terrible at them. You know, there's there's very few Mike McCrays out there. Uh, or James Adomians that it can you know that can really uh, nail a, a good impression. But some of, there's a mixed bag here. It's an, I think it's a nice mix of stuff. We, we get a nice uh, song parody to start it off with. Um, uh, the subject of which is the leader of North Korea. I was going to introduce all these separately, but I don't think there's a need to. I think they all speak for themselves. Uh, just to give you an idea, though, Jim imagines what the new host of the Tonight Show is going to be. This, I think, is before Jimmy Fallon took the reins. Uh, he imagines what Star Wars Episode Seven is going to be like. Again, before that came out, he, there's a uh, bit called Obese Man at a deli in New York. Vatican, the next generation, kind of uh, Jim's take on religion mixed with his love of Star Trek. And then uh, it ends with... Uh, uh, again, again, kind of a thing where he imagines what something is going to be like. Uh, it's when um, uh, who's the fellow for the one of the Goodwill Hunting guys, not Matt Damon. Ben Affleck was uh, uh, hired to be the Dark Knight, and uh, Jim thinks, well, what, what's that going to be like? And gives us a, a little preview, and, uh, and then we'll say our goodbyes after you hear these bits from the Big Pretty podcast. More than a hundred thousand North Koreans filled Pyongyang's main square today, shouting. Death to the U.S. imperialists. A man puts bombs in the street and he says, Why am I mocked and belittled now? Why am I mocked and belittled when all my missiles so large? I need some Photoshop immunity. I need a silken complexion. Don't look like a fat buffoon with an asshole hairdo. Go figure, go figure. Duds in the test flight. Far away, the L.A. Shure. Mr. Secretary John Kerry. Get these bolts away from me, you know. I don't find sanctions amusing anymore. But if you be my power forward, I can be your bad shit loon. And I can call you Denny. Denny, when you call me, you can call me Oon. A man walks down the street and he says, Why not an act of aggression? Just a small little act of aggression. Just to show my bombs are so strong. Check my life and sanity. What if I die here? Who will be supreme leader? One supreme leader is gone, gone. He took off down to Bali just some roly-poly little flat-faced churl. Am I wrong or wrong? There were militants and dissidents. There were 
hits and executions. If you'll be my power forward, I can be your bad shit goon. And I can call you Denny. Denny, when you call me, you can call me. Call me. A man walks down the street. It's a street in a strained world, a street in a war world, a street full of goose-stepping clowns. Speaks a weird language. He demands urgency. He's a moronic man, and he is surrounded by the sound, the sound, chatter in the cyberspace, babbling of fox pontiffs. He looks around, around, he sees armies with his binoculars and shitty remakes of Red Dawn. He says, yippee motherfucker, if you'll be my power forward, I can be your bad shit loon. And I can call you Denny. Denny, when you call me, you can call me. Call me. Na 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 Rumors are swirling in Tinseltown regarding the exit of Tonight Show host Jay Leno. There is a growing little buzz around town that maybe it's time you were on a little earlier. It's not buzz, it's not coming from me. Uh, I, I Late like night talk show host Jimmy Fallon tapped as Jay Leno's heir. That's already leading to some late night bannering between the two. Thought Fallon was going to get it, but they sort of felt that when they mucked around with these lineups before trying to do this, it hasn't always worked. It didn't work with Tony Leno, a really rich guy. I mean, he has three dozen cars or something. Jay Leno fires more shots at NBC following rumors he's being reported and flying around about a big shakeup at NBC. Oh, NBC has been all hush hush on the topic. Their low ratings and even taking a personal jab at his Jay bosses. Leno's latest digs at his NBC bosses may certainly him out of NBC exec reportedly sent Leno an email telling him to if lay off. Leno does exit his Tonight Show post, it would probably be for good. This NBC time. is keeping quiet on any late night change. With names like Jimmy. Fallon, Conan O'Brien, and even Seth Meyers being bandied about, it's still anyone's guess just who will be the new host of the NBC mainstay. From Universal Studios in Hollywood, it's The Tonight Show with Bane. Tonight, Bane welcomes actor Nicholas Cage and the dog whisperer himself, Cesar Milan. And now, hey, Bane. Speak of the devil, and he shall appear. Your cries of enthusiasm are wasted, I fear. Shall we talk about the news? 
New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg is trying to ban displaying cigarettes at customers' eye level. He's also asked that they stop displaying candy at his eye level. Because he is short. Now you will laugh. The Pope is in the news this week. The new Pope. Did you see this? He's in hot water with Catholic traditionalists for washing the feet of two girls. He apparently didn't even try to fill them up. That is the joke. Laugh. We have a great show for you tonight. A little later, I will become Burbank's Reckoning. But first, you may remember my first guest from his Oscar-winning performance in Leaving Las Vegas. You will now applaud. Nicholas Cage. Welcome, Nicholas, in your new film. You play a caveman. Yes, that's right. I play Grug, the patriarch to a family of Cro-Magnons. Patriarch? Is that how you see yourself? As the progenitor of men? I don't know, man. It's cartoon, you know, for kids. Therefore, it's what? Without value. When I was a boy, I lived in darkness and hydrated myself on the tears of the damned. Would this cartoon, as you call it, ease my burden? Jesus Christ, man. Tears of what? No, no you, you've made a mistake. Not as great a mistake as you have, I fear. Ah. My next guest you know from his show on something that is called Nat Geo, and he has decided to dub himself the Dog Whisperer. Please welcome, along with his pack, Cesar Milan. Thank you, thank you. As I say, I rehabilitate dogs and train people. You train people? And you have rehabilitated these dogs? Yes, that's right. It's important to assert yourself as pack leader, to be in a, a calm, assertive state. Calm, assertive. This makes you a pack leader? What's happening? You merely adopted these dogs. I was born as one of them. The pack betrays you because it belongs to me. That's enough. And who might you be? Robert Greenblatt, head of NBC. Stop this immediately. But we've started a fire, brother. I've paid you a great deal of money. And this gives you power over me? I'm in charge here. Do you feel in charge? Hey, what, what are you doing? You, you can't kill me. Once NBC is in ashes, then you have my permission to die. <laughs> A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, people respected their elders. Put that noise down! Star Wars, Episode 7. You kids, stay off my lawn! Crankiness and irregularity have engulfed the retired veterans of the Valiant Rebel Alliance. Since the fall of the evil Galactic Empire, the galaxy has enjoyed 30 years of space peace. Aside from Leah Skywalker Solo and her forced lightning menopause and constant nagging and when a critical killer to lose 10 pounds. A small band of heroes led by Jedi Knight and AARP member Luke Skywalker have made their secret base on the assisted living planet of Miami, where they are determined to catch the Jar Jar Macon cleaning lady that keeps stealing from them. Hold on, Mr. Skywalker. Time for the making of the Jedi battle. Hey, have you seen my green lightsaber? 
You know I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. I can tell if you're lying, you little freak show. Mister no lion, Mister Skyrankums. You never see no lightsaber no. Let me show you a little trick my daddy taught. Mister, word. Luke, stop choking the gungan. Here's your damn lightsaber. You left it up our two's ass again. Mister, tell you I no stealer. Just let the weird frogman make your bed. No way. Only three PO. See, three PO moved to the rainbow planet with his friend. Remember? Would it kill him to call? Leia! Leia! In Luke's room. Shocker. What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. Why don't you ask our retarded inbred son? How dare you insult Mungo? Mungo noted what you looking for. At least I'm not running off to broke Nerf Herder Mountain with a walking carpet every weekend. Maybe I'd stick around here if you could still fit into that gold bikini. You're 70 years old, Han. Maybe if you could get it up without a purple pill? Mommy, Daddy, fight. Wayne Man, burn, baby. Excuse me. You're some of the dumb dumb go What? Who the hell are you calling dumb dumb? Boring conversation anyway. Chewie! Let's get out of here! Pan, mind if I come with you? I don't know, kid. This is kind of mine and Chewie's thing. Well, maybe I'll get my own ship. Sure, and who's gonna fly her, kid? You? I could, you know. I, uh... Why not? What were you saying? I don't remember. Leo, where are my goddamn keys? Oh, Han Solo. You old poop. I hate you. I know. So, Mayor Bloomberg wants us to drink some smaller sodas. But here's what I gotta say about that. I'll have a super size of Coke, gasoline, Mr. Pib. I can't seem to quench thirst. Cannot find size big enough in NYC. Diabetes catching home with me. High fructose syrup in my veins, my chest and fiery pain. Sprite, why hast thou forsaken me? Hearted by the taste. Hearted palpitates Do the do I'll take a super size of Schwips Calories and blood pressure Are quickly raising An obese clown Upon my Round it all to reach the highest shelves. I'd change by not changing at home. New York decides my intake. Perhaps that's what Bloomberg wants to see. But I just wanna see my dog. Never dreaming of return City that never steals But always drowns Our 
started palpitates Do the do Party palpitates Do the do Party palpitates Do the do Party palpitates Do the do Heart it palpitates Do the do Seriously, ah, ow, my heart. Oh, honestly, oh, somebody give me a Coke. Stato della Cita del Vaticano. This is the Vatican, the city of apostles. Its thousand-year mission to ignore strange new ideas. To impose pro-life and ban in vitro fertilization. To boldly grope boys that no one has groped before. Pope's Law, Pope Date, February 28th, 2013, Anno Domini. These are my final hours as God's personal representative on the planet. Soon my Camerlengo Cardinal Spock will arrive, along with the rest of the College of Cardinals. Soon the papacy will come under the stewardship of the next generation of Pope, and I will become nothing more but a footnote in the history books. Your Excellency, we have arrived. Yes. Yes, of course. Pope Benedict, are you certain you wish to do this? Yes, Cardinal Scott, and it's just Joe now. Damn it, Joe, you're a Pope, not a Cardinal. His Excellency is well aware of what he is, Cardinal McCoy. Damn it, Spock, I have half a mind. Gentlemen, gentlemen, this bickering is pointless. Has the new Pope been selected? Indeed he has, Your Holiness. And he's good heavens, he's not American, is he? Why, sir, he's a Frenchman. My God. Cardinal Sulu is bringing him in now, Your Excellency. May I present to you, gentlemen, the, oh my, Cardinal Picard. Hello, everyone. May I introduce my Camelango, my number one, Cardinal Riker. Gentlemen. Number one, would you be so kind as to find a uh, sister... Her name escapes me. Sister? Russia, sir. Russia, hell, I beamed her ass. <laughs> Please ask her to see that my Pradas are shined. Of course, sir. Your excellence. Yes, Cardinal Wolf. I have a message from altar boy Wesley. He asks that you allow him to kiss the papal ring. <laughs> oh, yes, I have just the thing for him to kiss. Cardinal Data. Data here, sir. Mr. Data, do you have my mitre? Indeed, Your Holiness. Shall I bring it to the Apollostic Palace? Please do. 
Your Excellence, have you chosen your papal name? Indeed, I have, number one. I will heretofore be known as Pope Locutus of Bolgia. It's official, Ben Affleck is the new Batman. Warner Brothers has announced that Affleck will star in Zack Snyder's as of yet untitled Man of Steel we sequel. We needed an extraordinary actor to take on one of DC Comics' most enduringly popular superheroes. There's already a Change.org petition and a White House petition seeking to oust Affleck from the role. The Man of Steel sequel, which will likely be called Batman vs. Superman, was announced at Comic-Con last month. The film is currently scheduled to open worldwide on July 17, 2015. <laughs> In Gotham City, a dark night rises. Did you know, like again. Yeah, this is a Cape Crusader. We have unfinished business, Mr. Wayne. Ha! Riddler, is that you, you queer? I have a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a long career. Ah, Riddler. Your riddles are wicked hard. While in Metropolis, a man of steel fights for justice. Stop it, Luther. You'll kill millions. Never, Superman. Not till I kill every man, woman. No. Wow, really? Uh, what? You, you just you just seem really okay with snapping necks these days. No, oh, should I? Uh, what should I? Should I? Should I scream? Should I scream with remorse? Mm. When a common thread unites two legends. Master Wayne, I believe your ride is here. You're good while I'm in Metropolis. If you can tell me the Russian or apply your own bloody suntan lotion. I think it's my name is Alfred and I'm a queer that hates rubbing oil on young girls. Cape Crusader. Ah, Mr. Wayne, it's Lucius Fox. I'm looking over these schematics for the new battlefield and... Just make sure there's a wicked spoiler. And two superhero icons clash. Now you're on my cape. Ah! Oh! Hiya, Rita. Ah, you wicked... Ah, you son of a... I want you to remember, Clark, in all the years to come, in your most private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you, you friggin' queer. I'll see you again, this side or the other. Excuse me, Mr. Wayne. Do you like apples? Sure, I like apples. (laughs) I just snapped your neck. How do you like them apples? Wow, great technique. Yes, I find the trick is to put your weight into it. Oh, cool. You enjoy breaking necks? You know what? I didn't think I would. I hear you. My God, have we started a fire? We've started a fire, brother. The fire rises. Superman versus Batman. This film is not yet rated, or really even wanted, really, in any way. The Dark Knight bit from the Big Pretty Podcast, created and produced by the brilliant Big Jim Lugers, a.k.a. The Big Pretty. Uh, Jimmy to his little sister, or his older sister, I'm sorry. 
I think we're gonna leave it there. Then that's um, you know it's nice. We, we mentioned at the beginning of social media how you can it's it's nice that you can keep in contact with those folks that have been important in your life and still kind of you know be up with what's going on with them and and their loved ones and so on. And it's nice that you know the big pretty podcast will hopefully live on for you know a while on the internet. And you know Jim's Facebook page is not gone in, in a memoriam. His website is still there. If you just Google the big pretty podcast, it'll lead you to his website. And subsequently, the podcast. Although you can find the podcast wherever you found this one. Again, you can find the Big Pretty Podcast as well. You can find clips of Jim uh, on YouTube, including the one from uh, The Funniest Person in Cincinnati that we played. So there's there's still places that his comedy will have on, which I think is very cool. Um, we're going to close the show. Uh, when I was putting this together, I was going through the tracks on my uh, zip drive that I keep of all the um, clips that related to the show. And I... Um, uh, I found the perfect song to close the show with. It's from our friend Mike Travers, comedian in Pittsburgh, a guy I've known longer than Big Jim. There's very few people I've known uh, as long as I've known Jim. Uh, I've known my wife longer as of the end of the month. I've known my wife for 31 years, That my entire adult life. There is maybe five people I've known longer, apart from family, than her. And uh, one of them is Mike uh, Travers, his brother Bob. Uh, their friend Andy Hawk. I've known all those guys about the same amount of time. Andy, you know you've heard on the show before uh, with his music, uh, his band, The Trainwreck Endings. Anyway, Mike wrote a song called Cancer Sucks. He writes funny songs. This one, not particularly funny. I guess it's darkly humorous, if anything. Wrote it about his parents passing away. They both passed away from complications due to cancer within three months of each other, uh, which was incredible. Uh, and you heard me talk about them before. Just incredibly, incredibly great people. Boy, it... it you know, if, if if I couldn't have my parents and I couldn't have my in-laws as parents, who were also the great, great people, uh, I would have chosen the Travers to be my parents because, you know, just wonderful, wonderful people. And so this is Mike's song, Cancer Sucks. We'll listen to the whole thing to close us out, and we'll see you next week. So long, and thanks for listening. You shouldn't have to shower while you're grieving. You shouldn't have to go to school. Those people already know what they did was cool You shouldn't have to pay your bills while you are grieving
down the toilet seat You shouldn't have to drive while you are grieving You should be allowed to stay in bed And you should have sex anytime you ask for it and if not sex, they should have to give you a back rub instead. Losing someone who is close to you feels like getting kicked in the butt. That's a bad analogy if they actually got something involving their butt. But like they say. Cancer sucks.